Ready? Ready. All right, let's let's clap sync. Three, two, one. Hey. Nice. All right, so. All right. So what's up, Javi? What's going on, Frankie? Not much, not much. Just existing and you know, being here. What's up? I was thinking about something. What were you thinking about, bro? I was thinking about what's going on in the earth, right? What's happening in our minds? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I wondered, why does it matter? We're about to find out. <laughs> Holy find shit. Out. Maybe, maybe if you tuned in to hear those three things, stay. And if you didn't, go fuck yourself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Welcome. To Earth, Mind, and Matter. With uh, Frankie. And Javi. Oh, yeah. We're here. This is uh, officially the first uh, episode we'll be shooting. And thank you for being here if you're here. And if we're just speaking to a blank void in the universe, well, regardless, we're just happy to be speaking. Right? 100%. And hey, listen. If if there's a blip anywhere in that in that abyss of, of, of fans, of invisible fans. Have a person. I'll take, I'll take a leg. <laughs> if there's even a blip that says, hey. I might want to check out those episodes you guys did before you did the official thing. Yeah, we have maybe, about three. Maybe we'll release them. I hope we do because they were pretty goddamn good. Maybe two of them are good. <laughs> two, two, two of them are pretty good, yeah. <laughs> Let me, Um, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do it right now. I actually want to start off the show with the whole little thing I saw, right? Okay. Real quick, because um, if you're not used to seeing this show, you'll find out what's happening. But one of the things we do, I'm Frankie and this is Javi. Is that we take control of the the show every other week, right? Yeah. So this week we have Javi uh, being the host, and I'm the guest, but we're always gonna be here regardless. And then we alternate. So next week I'll take the host. So one thing I wanted to say, just because like what you just said, I seen a little like a post, right? Now we have social media and all that shit. Yeah. And it was just pretty simple. It was a guy graffiti uh, in uh, like a wall. Damn! I hope I don't forget this shit. <laughs> Since I do, I'll be pretty upset. No. He says, uh, don't die wondering, he writes. Okay. Don't die wondering. And uh, we have a lot to get into later on, like, obviously in the episode. Not obviously, sorry. You have no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> but I feel like that's a good way to start this episode, just by saying, like, don't die wondering. Like, no matter what you're doing, putting out into the world, just just do that shit, you know? So I just want to bring that up real quick. And hey, here we are, Shia buffing it. 100%. <laughs> not wondering you know because <laughs> that motherfucker does whatever he wants and Art. and and i'll just say yeah we got we got a social we're gonna be expanding that but 100%. we're starting off a little small yeah we got we got a little instagram page now we do we'll be posting more to that and earth mind and matter pod earth mind and matter pod on yes, instagram sir. but enough of us now more of us <laughs> and you know actually i i wanted to bring something up what's up I've been working on something, okay? Oh, okay. Good so I've been, I've, I have this issue, right? All right. I, I have a really bad problem with talking over people while they're trying to talk to me. You know what's funny? Yeah. I have the same issue. Really? <laughs> yeah. We should have called this podcast talking over one another. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just control myself a little more, but like right now, like we were both about to do it. I mean, what do you like? I, okay. So like I've been, I've been doing a lot of work on it, right? Okay. And, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I, I've I've been thinking that I might be I might be able to finally do that in this show because nice. you know I feel like I talk too much sometimes and sometimes gotcha. I just gotta chill out and just let the other person talk. Just listen. Yeah, man. exactly. <laughs> you mean just yeah, I, uh, I, like that? <laughs> you want to just? I know. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. So yeah, <laughs> how did you realize? Okay, this? I how did I realize that? <laughs> how did I? You know, 
believe it or not, a lot of people have brought it up to me. Wait, they've told you or they've yeah, heard you talking? Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> a lot of people have brought it up to me. I don't know what's going to happen. This is going to happen right now for the face. <laughs> but I cancel the whole podcast. Get talk over it. What is this? <laughs> nah, nah. We, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. But ultimately, if you're still listening, <laughs> and please be still listening. That's what, That was funny, bro. I, I, I didn't know about that. I promise you. This is no hijinks over here. This is the truth. This is real life right now. New York so, City. Listen, listen. We got a few things to talk about. So we like to look at the news, right? Yeah. Because we're we're two people that like to stay informed. Yeah, man. And we figured what would be a good way to keep other people informed. Yeah. Because That's, I know you don't read, read the news. Whoever's reading Yeah, you reading. don't fucking read the news. I don't read the news. Yeah. Don't, I read don't fucking lie. Yeah. yeah, you just read those headlines that you get on your phone as notifications and, and then you oh, talk shit. about it like you read the article. Yeah. Guess what? Guess what, world? I did that too. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what I found is that it's not good, right? You gotta know what you're talking about. And at the very least out of all the thousands and millions of stories, we pick at least three. <laughs> yeah. At least three to get in some depth about because um, perspective is good, no? And, you know, this is not to say that we're experts on this. We're uh, not We're not journalists. If anything, we're reporters. Yeah. Here we are just sharing the news, looking at what we saw online, mm. and just saying, hey, did you fucking hear about this? And I'm this like, shit no, is I wild. Didn't. But you didn't hear about it. this? That are you dumb? And and what what else do we do on <laughs> <laughs> what else do we do on this show, Javi? Yeah, the other thing that we do is that we look at some entertainment because we are film junkies, but we're also artists. We love looking at all sorts of art. I'm more of a comic book artist. I and Frankie looks at more a lot of music and things like that. And, and we um, figured what was a great way to sort of intertwine the two. We said, fuck it. Let's talk about albums. Mm. We said, let's talk about some movies. movies and some fucking comics. And what do we get when we combine those three? Yo, I, it's the craziest thing because it gives us the acronym of AMC. Buy AMC stock. I made $2,000 buying AMC <laughs> stock. You should buy it today. But it's also a good acronym for the thing we do on this podcast. And Again, if you're still listening to us introduce ourselves for the past five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, hey, listen, we, we, we got we got a plug. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. And essentially, like, obviously, this is the first episode and we want to make sure that you're informed about what we're going to do, because that's what we really want. Right. We want the preemptive exactly. to what we watch, just like trailers and stuff like that. I don't like watching trailers before movies. I don't do it. Yeah, I like yeah. going in blind. Right. Like, why would you want to watch a whole two minute trailer of a spoiler? <laughs> A two-minute spoil and the walking act surprise, like, I don't know what's going to happen when they put the main events. Anyway, let's start the show. Anyways. Because <laughs> okay. we're on tangents. But let me just say this once. And if you are listening right now, thank you. Because it means a lot thank to both you. of us. To both of us. We are New York City-based. To anybody out there in the world, just wanted to put that out there. Because uh, New York City represent. got to represent. Nas. We got a whole bunch of people <laughs> out here. And everybody in the mom trying to do a podcast today. But, I mean, at the end of it, don't die wondering, you know? Really, Here we go. That's the the core of it all. So, so what's up, Javi? What you got since you're the host for today? Listen, my guy, I got I got a, I got a few things to talk about. Okay. So I don't know if you heard. Actually, you did hear because you mm. sent me this. <laughs> we got a Stanley NF tweet situation that okay. happened. NFTs are really popular today. Yeah, and then 
we talked about this in one in one of the setup episodes we talked about omicron for a bit but i mm-hmm. figured let's just touch on it a little bit because there's been some updates and figured you know what, it's important to bring it up okay and then i figured let's talk about the starbucks union oh okay yeah well, so, so you're getting get a little like business political on me right now yeah right. That, so there goes half our audience <laughs> no i'm just kidding so and I'll and I'll and I'll save I'll save the entertainment section for what we're gonna talk about when we get to it. Gotcha. That way, that way I can keep you viewers or <laughs> listeners on the edge of your seat. They don't know what's happening. Yeah, you know, they're driving right now and they're like, "Holy shit, what the <laughs> fuck are they gonna talk about?" Yeah, that as well. And I hope. And if you are, if you're just sleeping, at least you're giving us that stream. You know what I mean? That exactly. But let me ask you this real quick, man. How do you think um, artists feel today when it comes to like streaming numbers compared okay. to like selling CDs? Which one do you think was harder? I mean, well, I think if I remember correctly, they mm-hmm. said that 15 streams equals one CD. Okay. Oh, really? I, I think I think that's the number. It's either 15 or 30. I could be completely and then guess wrong. The specifics, I'm sure you don't know them because it's a lot of information, but like how long you stream the video and like how like uh, viewer span, you know, like because I, yeah. I think YouTube videos, you know, if you like go on YouTube studio, if you create. They tell you how long a person has watched the video. Not like specifically, but like in a cumulative number. Uh huh. But I'm assuming the streaming number is it like full streams or like half streams? I don't know to be honest. I I don't know that much. Yeah, I figured. Okay, there's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of information. <laughs> and he uh-huh. and you know they, I'm just gonna throw it out there. It's another thing in the show. Uh-huh. We we go on tangents. Yeah. Oh yeah. We we um. So obviously, what's that called thing called um. It's a uh, groundhog hole. What is it? What is it? Oh. They call it. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> when you go online, right, and you're just searching something. And oh, then, a rabbit hole. A rabbit hole. There we go. But we decided. Oh yeah. <laughs> we okay. So this is an inside joke where we we talk about the bee hole because <laughs> Frankie forgot. Like, motherfuckers, tell me about the news, <laughs> bitch. No, but you're gonna hear about this real quick. So. Go on, Javi. Frankie forgot what what the rabbit hole was, and he he called it the beaver hole. And so we felt like in this generation, the attention span is kind of slow and like shortened. So we figured we abbreviate it, right? So one nothing else but to call it but the bee hole. The bee hole. <laughs> so, so we go we go on a lot of bee holes on this in this podcast, and we just talk about random shit. But ultimately, like. It's a good thing to be talking about random stuff. Exactly. Originally, we wanted to make a random section of yeah. this podcast where mm-hmm. it's like we in- dedicate an entire section to just talking about something random. Mm. But we figured we do that enough already. Yeah. It ca- it's just kind of already it, in the show. It's just natural. And, and we're to, just we're just that dumb. hundred percent. And we're going to use that dumb to our advantage and go forward <laughs> with it. And I, not to deter like the main event of everything all right but going into the b-hole of it it's good to just go on a tangent and you know i heard phil defranco say something real quick today i don't watch him like that regularly okay like just something i heard today and there used to be this thing where like vine and all that stuff it would just go on for seconds right you watch something it's for seconds but now there's an audience for everything yeah there's an audience for anything the people want to watch like three hour long podcasts maybe like 20 minute five minutes etc etc and the viewing type it's either like visuals audio it's a yeah. crazy world we live in now yeah everybody out of choice yeah but um don't know why i brought that up <laughs> but it's uh that's important. the b-hole right there that's the b-hole man let's get out this b-hole hey hey listen listen what's up let's talk about the news <laughs> <laughs> yes, all, sir. Right. all right all right so we got this we got an nft situation yes we do 
So on December 14th, Stan Lee's Twitter account tweeted out something. And here's a quote. Mm-hmm. The, here's the tweet. It said, from championing diversity to embracing new tech, Stan was one step ahead of the curve. To honor his innovative spirit, Stan's first Indian hero, Chakra the Invincible, debuts in his own NFT digital art collection from 7.30 PT from December 27th to 12 p.m. PT, December 29th. Sign up Chakraverse.io. So that's his NFT coming out. The length is going to be out for, and it's the reason the motive is for him, for Stan Lee, to commemorate him. I, yeah, pretty much. And they're using Stan Lee's Twitter account to basically promote this and say, hey, Stan was all about diversity. Check out this NFT. And, you know, if for whatever reason you don't know who Stan Lee is, if you've been living under a rock. If you're three seconds and- old. Yeah, if you if you're two seconds old, even well, we're gonna get to that point in the future, right? Yeah, like I eventually mean, somebody's not gonna know who Michael Jackson is. That's true. You know, like it's not not gonna happen. It's it's inevitable. So, so I just want to throw it out there. He so Stanley is is dead. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh my! <laughs> he's, he's not with us no more. <laughs> that is very important to this story. Yes, because. If somebody listens like 20 years later, they're going to be like, what the fuck is a Stan Lee? Yeah, so, like, oh, at least now I know from this point of time he's dead. So it's 2021. So this was tweeted from Stan Lee's Twitter account. Mm-hmm. He is dead. Yeah. He did not tweet this himself. Yeah. And even if he was still alive, he probably didn't tweet himself because he was that old. Mm-hmm. But that being said, Stan Lee is, is, an, is a trademark name in Marvel Comics. Yeah. Just to give you a list of the characters that he's made. He's made Spider-Man, Ant-Man, Avengers, Black Panther, Black Widow, Daredevil, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, Hulk, Hawkeye, Iron Man, Jean Grey, Thor, X-Men, and many more. What what, what kind of... When did you start realizing who Stanley was? I think in the movies when he was came, uh, when he had a cameo. In you think, like you think that was Marvel his decision movie. or the, the, like the Hollywood part of it? Probably the Hollywood part of it, but I would it, it say. It fit, though. It fit really well. Yeah. It's yeah. a nice little homage to him and everything. It's sad that we don't see him in the Marvel movies though, anymore. Yeah. I always think about that every time I see a new Marvel movie. I'm like, damn. You know what I think they'll do in the future with the Marvel movie? What? I'm pretty sure Stan Lee is a smart man, right? He probably knew his death was inevitable because all of us are. <laughs> <laughs> but he probably shot some stuff for movies in the future. Like there's probably some footage where he like stockpiled it up. And like in the future when there's like a certain movie that's epic, like like what's the last Avengers called? Endgame. Endgame, right? When the next Endgame, because you know more about that than I do. And if again, if you're still listening, com- Javi is a like extreme comic book fanatic. It's it's amazing. I'm a nerd <laughs> <laughs> by by definition, you know. And and it's impressive because like this is something that I've said before on something else we shot. But like the person that you see with the comic book in the hand are the coolest people, at least to me, because the friends that I made. I've all loved comic books and I've never touched one. I've watched the movies and stuff, but but what I anyway, back to the point that I was trying to make, I think that in the future, uh in movies like whatever it is, Marvel, that Stanley's like cameo will come back and it'll be one of those things where like you don't think that he would have planned for it, but he knew he was gonna pass. So, you know, like I, I and I can't even refer to any like future books because I have no idea what's okay. gonna come out. But you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And I think that, that I hope he did that because that would have just been smart on his standpoint. Because we have like uh, AI performing like Tupac and I forget when in Houston, if you've seen those uh-huh. videos, have you seen them? Yeah. Crazy, right? How, yeah. So this is kind of in the same, 
area of that. Like having Tupac perform holographically is kind of like having standing tweet, uh, NFT, what post humans. Right? I have a quote that is pretty interesting. Okay. So, so, but I'll just say it out there. This, I already, I already said this was on December 14th, mm-hmm. but j- just to get some things out there. If another thing you didn't know, mm-hmm. if you didn't know where, what NFTs were, I'd say, you know, get out underneath from that rock again. Cause it's is, happening right now. Like, Even though I don't know what the acronym stands for. <laughs> so NFT stands for non-fungible token. Non-fungible token. And pretty much what that means mm-hmm. is that it's unique and can't be replaced. Mm-hmm. So something fungible is replaceable or ununique. So mm-hmm. Bitcoin, for example, is fungible mm-hmm. because you can't permanently own a single piece of Bitcoin. So that's interesting. I'm pretty sure anybody who's heard that this now right just now is like, what? Because right now I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you mean by you can't own it permanently? Like it just like how you can't permanently own your own money. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you could hold on to it for as long as you want, but the, it, the the ownership doesn't fully belong to you. Well, why not? Because NFTs, the most similar thing, what you need to understand about them is that they're treated like art. Mm. So one of a kind. It's one of a kind. All right. So the the biggest example that you can do is think of the Mona Lisa. You could buy a Mona Lisa print. But yeah. you don't own the Mona Lisa. Like the Mona Lisa painted by... Exactly. exactly yeah. By Redacted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I have no idea who painted it. Let's say Picasso. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. So it... So, or Da Vinci, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it, um, you, you can't permanently own a dollar. Mm. That, doesn't, that doesn't belong to you. It, it belongs to, you know... The bank, the gotcha. currency, the everything, whatever. Oh, my brain right now is saying, but you will own it. Like if you own it forever, until the end of time, you own it. But realistically, the government always has a part ownership in the dollar that they lend to you. It's always a loan, right? Money exactly. is just a loan. Yes. Wow. So just like Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency or just general currency, you gotcha. don't ever permanently own it. So NFTs are something that you do completely own. Yes. So you right. treat it exactly like artwork. Mm. So there's a lot of questions as to why, well, you know, if you screenshot an NFT, what does that defeat the purpose? Mm-hmm. I mean, again, you can buy a Mona Lisa print. You could buy a Starry Night print. But it's not the Mona Lisa. But it's not the Mona Lisa. It's not the Starry Night. Can I say some shit? I don't think that Banksy shit where he shredded up the fucking painting was that impressive. Really? I, I don't think that was that impressive. Like, I think it was more of a, like, in the moment, like, <gasps> like I have to react because there's a hundred people are reacting around me. But it's like when somebody does some shit that's not that impressive, but you're really nice to them and you want to be like, oh, no, that was really, that was really good. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, man. I don't know. I thought it was pretty spicy. I think, I think, like, <laughs> I think message wise, it was spicy. Like, I think it was spicy in terms of, like, destroying the art, right? But I think how much it's still worth, that's what didn't, like get me amped up for it because the idea and if I'm only interpreting it how everybody else interprets art individually subjectively right uh-huh. and so when I saw it I was like okay well if it's saying like you know let's defy all the people that think art is precious and shred it to the point to show them that it's not precious because Banksy's supposed to be this like you know the, the, the mysterious I don't, I don't know I don't look it up and if you think that's something that you're into then explain it to me 
But he also, like, well, Basquiat. Like, Basquiat's a famous artist who collabs with, like, Coach and this and that. But his art doesn't seem close to it. But I guess that's a different story. Anyway, but I'm pretty sure the Banksy art sold for a lot of money, you know? Yeah. And doesn't that contradict the message he's trying to send? Or does it just strengthen it? I mean, it's definitely it's definitely an oxymoron when, whenever mm. you try and sell art from Banksy. But art is only sold through your personality, right? Who you are as a person. Pretty much. Yeah. So it... It's it's all subjective, hundred percent. And what I think is interesting is that you brought up an artist. Mm. So what I what I found is that another thing to help to help anyone understand NFTs a little bit more mm. is that they work through the Ethereum blockchain, and Ethereum, Ethereum Ethereum is a Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is that other blockchains, aka other Bitcoins, could implement their own NFTs. So technically, Bitcoin could start having NFTs if they wanted to. You, you don't think they already have or they haven't? Not yet. Okay. But it we, So there's a lot of talk of the future of NFTs and whether or not it it's going to be an actual thing or if it's just a trend at the moment. And at the moment... The record for the most sold NFT stands at $69 million Jesus from an Christ. artist gone, going by the name of Beeple. Oh, name... I know who that is. I followed that guy on Instagram. Really? You know, real artists. Well, let me just say real artists because I don't talk to real artists. But there's a guy I follow on Instagram called Jerry Saltz. Okay. Jerry spelled how you would think it is. Saltz, S-A-L-T-Z. Great, great artist to follow. Jerry Saltz, one word. Um, He critiques Beeple a lot. And for really? reasons, well, I'm not as educated as him, right? So you look him up and not Javi, the listener. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but they say, beep, I mean, who's not going to criticize? It's like modern art with a little square and a circle in the middle. It's yeah. like, oh, what is that shit? But then you're like, oh, you know, it's in the Holocaust. And it's like, you, know? <laughs> <laughs> the Holocaust. <laughs> you, know? you know what I mean? Like it makes it more, that's a, it's always a sunny reference. Um, <laughs> but um, but I, I like Beeple stuff. Like I, I don't think it's the best. But I think it's attracted to the eye. I'm okay. sure you've seen some too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I I saw some of his stuff while I was looking through this. Okay, his name is Mike Winkleman. I wrote that down. Just figured that you know, give him some some uh, uh, representation. If you want to come to the podcast, Mike Winkleman. <laughs> but so I just thought this was pretty interesting because there's a lot of talk of the future of NFTs, mm-hmm. and one of the biggest quotes that I got is another tweet from Dolan Dark. Mm. where they pretty much summed up this entire thing okay where they said can't believe stan lee came back from the dead just to promote an nft <laughs> okay and it's a really interesting th- thing because mm. it really makes you think of like if this is a trend if this is going to be the next step in fine art Promotion because too. people he sold his piece for $69 million at Christie's. And Christie's is an art business that's been working for hundreds of years now. And so it's pretty incredible that NFTs have already gone to that status. They've become a playground for the rich and a space for the poor or less rich to try and collect trading cards pretty much because that's what more that's what more common people are treating nfts are as trading cards you see a lot of people getting different kinds of nfts on the cheap that are just little logos and whatever the case is yeah i've seen i've seen some people release nfts that are kind of basic yeah they're not really like they're okay so what i think about is like having ten thousand followers compared to having a million followers right um, I've always heard that if you had 10,000 followers, you can do whatever you want because they'll support you. But now having 10,000 followers is kind of like, 
But if those 10,000 people buy off you, you'll be, yeah. you'll be rich. Yep. So that, that's what I'm trying to get at. What you said is that like, that's interesting because now if you have any type of following, which is most of like social media today, you can sell whatever you want to them, especially NFT. Yeah. Because it's kind of personal. Like, oh, you don't understand, bro. This guy or this person is like on the top of the world and, and they're going to blow up in the future and having the NFT is like profitable and stuff. Right. Yep. That's interesting. And so it, I guess my question is to you is like, do you see this as a trend or do you see this as, as a f- the future of art? Do you see more NFTs becoming the norm? Mm-hmm. Do you see other businesses like Christie's getting in on this and becoming more of a regular thing? Imagine seeing an NFT at the Met. Mm-hmm. Like you have your, cause you, you could do it on a sweater too. Like you can do, well, it's not an NFT, but there's sweaters where you can like scan and the image comes towards you. Okay. Like, yeah, I bought those by an artist called Kodong, K-O-D-O-N-E, right? Really good artist, but like I bought a sweater. And if you close in, close up your phone, like you do a close-up, the image comes out at you through your phone, right? So I could see it at the Met, like a museum, right? You know, you go yeah. with glasses, like, hey, put on these glasses. Uh, NFT, what's it called? Uh, section of the museum, right? Yeah. But I think it's interesting overall because um, one thing I think of is a thing called AR, which is like artificial real estate or something like that. Augmented reality. Augmented reality. So you have so, and I think that's something that's gonna catch up with NFTs. But um, overall, like let me let me do it by sections. When it comes to the Stan Lee thing, I think it's in bad taste, you know. But when I compare the bad taste that I'm opinionated at to, in, in that in mind, real quick. Another tweet that came up after this is at dictionary.com. They tweeted the dictionary definition of uh, uh, not disrespect, but something along those words. <laughs> they they tweeted that the same day that this happened. Interesting. But post when that tweet came out, right? Yeah. yeah. So it, it wasn't directly to that tweet, but you could take that as like they, they probably saw what happened. Yeah. And but, but then this is what I have to say to that. I say that most people that are figures of interest, like celebrities and like high profile people, they have people running their social media accounts. Yeah. So then I don't think that like, it doesn't really apply to me. Cause for me, it's just the same as if you die and have somebody do it because you're not involved. Like you're expressing yourself through your name, your picture, your person, and you're having somebody else do it for you. Right. Is that not the same as Stan Lee? So that's why I'm not so mad about it. Well, I'm not so mad about it because it's business, right? But I'm mad at the individual who advocated for it. They were like, let's sign into Stanley's <laughs> fucking Twitter. Check his messages real quick. They could have done it on the Marvel anything. account and, or anything. And they like could have been that. like, Stanley would have liked this or Stanley commemorated to him. But... Stanley's account could have retweeted it. But I'm, I also think we're a generation that forgets real fast. Like nobody's no, going to care. You know? th- this is definitely not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. Like, but it's it, the principle, right? Yeah, it's just it. It's definitely a first. Mm-hmm. This is the first time. And you that, ask like, will it happen in the future and stuff like that, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. the, like, will it happen again where other dead celebrities are going to promote futuristic Ooh. trends like NFTs? Like, are we going to have a fucking AI Tupac telling you to buy Colgate? That's just what I was going <laughs> to say right now. Like, if they. If AI becomes a real casual thing, right? And it's walking around us, AKA, we go to McDonald's. Let's get a burger, some fries. They replace all the staff with AI robots. They're the ones serving us burgers and fries, right? But like Siri, like you connect Siri, like, hey, Siri, tell me a joke. It should tell you a joke. 
Or, hey, Siri, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. How about you? So imagine you're doing that with uh, my Siri turned on just now, which is not funny. <laughs> imagine you do that at McDonald's. Where you're like, hey, uh, Siri number three, let me get a burger. I'm like, oh, how are you doing today? It's crazy. <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say to you? Like, yeah. We'll eventually start treating them like they're a part of us. Like because, individuals. Because imagine any animal we come across in the world, right? Like, hey, this little penguin, right? Or like, hey, penguin. And the penguin was like, hey, Frankie. How, how are you? We're like, whoa, what the fuck? So we're kind of, I think in the more stretched out mind, I'm pretty drunk way, <laughs> we're kind of fixated on looking at Siri as a real thing, right? So yeah. that's why I don't think it's an impossibility to have dead people like tweeting because I think of Tupac's AI. If it performs enough, imagine a whole tour with Tupac. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, two hologram Tupac is going to come to Brooklyn, then Australia, and then this and that. It'll be like, oh, shit. Then he can have a like Twitter called AI Tupac. But we're like, yo, we have Tupac this generation. Like, they figured I it mean, out. I it, mean, it can't even say AI wow. Tupac. It could just say Tupac. It could just say Tupac at this point, right? Because yeah. they're using his account. And as long as one of the family members, I guess, legally allow it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That sounds crazy, right? And so it's just a really interesting thing to think about where... Yeah. yeah. It has has it gone too far, mm-hmm. and are things like this going to continue to happen? And I, I don't just, think too far is a term you can use today. Y- wow, you know, okay, like like technologically that's a spicy speaking. take. Because <laughs> <laughs> because think about it, like oh, technological wise, we just want people to push better products, right? We get we have, literally have watches that go on our forums, right? That tell us everything <laughs> that our iPhone does, right? We have our iPhone that does everything for us. We have technology all over, you know, but we just want more and more. Why do people keep buying new iPhones? The camera's better. This and that, <laughs> you know, like real like geek freaks, respectively. <laughs> we just want better technology all the time, right? I'll say this. I used to buy like product that's like electronic and I would buy it. And I felt like the way I grew up, it was just things promoting what they knew was going to be inevitable, but doing it in a substandard manner. To specify, right? Okay. I just felt like technology like caught up now. Like right now, everything is great. But when I bought things when I was younger or like, you know, whatever, like trying to make money, it was like, oh, no, this is going to be the next gen- generation technology. And I got the like the prototype. <laughs> you feel me? Like, okay. So that's how like I Like the felt. first generation. And then I'm, I'm so used to like technology not working so good, you know? But now technology is stupendous everywhere you go. Everywhere, <laughs> everywhere you go, like even the shittiest piece of technology is still pretty like... Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I think it's interesting because if they've done this already, are they going to do it again? Definitely. And are is the Stanley Twitter account just going to become a space where they can just promote things, and Ooh. and where how does that impede on on that person's legacy? Because their family is also still paying attention to it, right? Like they have to wake up. Look at their phones and be like, what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah. How did so-and-so tweet this? And and like mm. you said, technology has really come a long way. Even the shittiest device is yes. better than something that came out like Everybody five has years ago. No matter who you are, homeless or not, or like this or that, whatever, you have a smartphone like that. And, and like you said earlier, like mm-hmm. 20 years from now, this kind of information is probably very forgettable of when Stan Lee died. You have um, so much information. Sorry. And so just like I could only imagine that people hearing this say 10 years from now are just kind of like 
this happened. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like this is history, regardless of how small it is. It's not the end of the world. It's but... still actually a thing though, right? Because yes, because we don't know at the moment if anybody's dead tweeted before. I'm sure, like population wise, there has to be somebody that did it by mistake. We know, yeah. but nobody at the well, I would say nobody at the name of Stan Lee. You know, there's no yeah. other Stan Lee that could have done that. But aside these crazy tangents, <laughs> I think what is important is to look at the fact that they use his name to promote something of theirs. Yeah. And I, I think ethically, that's not correct. I don't think that's a good thing to do. I think business-wise is a genius move, you know, because now we're talking yeah, about makes it. makes sense. And somebody was like, oh, that's so sweet. They use Stanley's account. Like, different interpretations of it. At the end of the day, like, both interpretations sell. You yeah. But um, nobody's gonna boycott Marvel. <laughs> Spider Man just came out, man. How was Spider Man, by the way? You seen that shit? Ooh, <laughs> hey, before anything, rest in peace, Stanley. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, you gotta say that real quick. But, you know, Stanley, Steve Ditko, like pr- respective creators of Spider Man. I don't know who guys are. Strange. But rest in peace to them too. <laughs> but this is a good thing about having Javi's perspective. This guy. If you read comic books, you know exactly who he's talking about. Or just they're a fan of the Avengers, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh-huh. I got I got a couple of other things I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know if anyone is seeing the news out there, but there's there, no there's, there. there's a, a variant out there. Not not a <laughs> Not not a fun variant like like a Pokemon variant trading no, card. Nothing like that. Not not like a comic book variant <laughs> cover. No, it's a it's a a, a, a virus variant yeah. gone by the name of Omicron from the planet Decepticon. I say Omicron. <laughs> I guess I know where we stand. <laughs> and we've kind of talked about this in one of our test episodes. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to talk about it too much because Mm -hmm. I don't want to repeat ourselves too much. If we ever do release those episodes, but I figured this was something important to bring up. Mm -hmm. It's kind of out there. It is. It's, it's really fucking going through a rampage right now. And I just said, Hey, let me just, you know, bring this to people's attention just for a moment. And this is some local news in terms of this. But I don't know if you saw the other day on the 18th, uh, well, the 17th and the 18th, actually, on the 17th of December in New York, we broke a record for most cases in a day. 144,000, right? Uh, on, on, the seven, on the 17th, we actually uh, landed at 21,027 cases. Jesus And Christ. then yeah. the very next day, we beat that record again. It's been like doubling per day. My bad. I read an article the other day, so I'm just well like, on on the seventeenth, on the sixteenth for the seventeenth. I don't remember the date exactly, but okay. on one of those two days, we saw a forty percent increase from the day previous. That's wild. So the numbers are going vertical at this mm-hmm. point in New York, especially. Everybody's sick around it, me, bro. It's, yeah, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> a- everyone's catching yeah. it. it. Like it, it's pretty ridiculous how how widespread it is mm-hmm. at the moment. The last time that we hit the record was back in January of four, January fourteenth last year, of this year. Oh goddamn! Okay, we saw that was like the end tail of the main pandemic, right? Yes. Okay. What I thought was interesting is that we haven't seen hospitalization numbers gone up as high as they've gone before. Mm-hmm. What I saw is that on on the seventeenth, we reported three thousand eight hundred thirty nine hospitalizations. Okay. 
in the peak of the pandemic, which was April of 2020, we saw near 19,000. Interesting. On January 14th, when we hit the record for most uh, cases cases in a day, we saw 8,088. Mm. So not as many hospitalizations, thankfully, mm-hmm. which is a really good thing. Yeah. But cases have definitely gone up. Omicron is extremely transmittable, yeah. like from what we've seen, but it's clearly not as harmful as say Delta is. Yeah, they're saying Delta is the one that, you know, you know what came to mind uh, is that like you said eight thousand to about like ten plus thousand, right? Yes. In comparison, but I also think that with the initial figures, people were more scared, right? Yeah. Like so, over worrying can lead to over stress, and over stress weakens your immune system. And if I'm not mistaken, with those little details. So that's why I think those numbers can go, especially when it comes to the news and stuff like that. So I think that's the explanation for the number difference. But uh, it still is a big difference, you know? Yeah. Like, if I'm wrong about that, because if I'm right about that, that would mean it would apply to everybody that was the 3,000 difference or more. Uh-huh. There's no way. Like, there had to be people that were really suffering because your body gets used to it if you get it. And the second time if you get it again, you're probably a little better than you were the first time. Yeah. Depending on your you know situation. But... um. That is kind of crazy to hear. And what is like, and what's also uh, fair to point out is that in New York, especially, we are testing more than, say, other states are. Yeah. Like, uh, I just saw today that something about forty-eight cases came positive from a from a cruise line uh, when when it landed in Miami. Yeah. But in other places, they're not testing as much as as we are. And yeah, you're right. Those numbers are showing. Because I'm sure if people were testing as much as we are in New York, the numbers would reflect that. But we're seeing a lot of cases going up and we've landed on the no-fly zone for other countries. And it's getting really bad out there. There's a lot of talks of a possible shutdown. Like, what do you think about that? Do you think we're going to go into another shutdown? I think we should Go to another shutdown only because, um, well, I don't, you know, when it comes to your rights being taken away, like, oh, cry somewhere else. Like, you know, for me, <laughs> for me, it's more like uh, a shutdown would just help if the government would finance everybody correctly. I know work is work. Like, you can't replace having a purpose, right? Like, especially if it's your own business. Yeah. I get that. I get that completely. Like, if you have your own business and, you know, say you work for a chain or like whatever, a big company like Spectrum or something, like, they can afford it to an extent. But I, I think the shutdown is a little necessary if they really cared. I also don't think they should have got rid of the mask mandate. I know it differs per where you are, but especially in New York City, they got rid of it. But if yeah. scientists are as smart as they are, and I know they are, they would have predicted that the cases in the winter would have gone up because everybody gets sick in the winter, you know? So why get rid of the mask mandate? Maybe it's to loosen up the people's like use of wearing them. But it, it all comes down to like people complaining, right? So overall, when it comes to the shutdown, I don't think it will happen because of economics. I think we yeah. opened up last year or this year when summer started. That's a good coincidence right there, you know? But uh, where, I, where I'm around usually is uh, like Williamsburg, right? A lot of people okay. like, you know, say like, oh, Williamsburg is this and that. Have your opinion. But <laughs> I know a good amount of this place. And what I've noticed before the news started like trending on it, is that a lot of COVID testing sites have like hundreds of people, you know? And I'm like, damn, it's a lot of people, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but the reason I bring it up, not to sound like, you know, Trump or nothing, you know what I mean? But like, he said people who are testing more, will, you know, they'll test negative if they don't get tested. I don't agree with that. 
I'm just saying that the jumbles of like sections of people, if I yeah. if I make any sense, like if you if you're he COVID said, positive, he said something along the lines of like the numbers are this high yeah. because people are getting tested, and he said don't get tested, and that way we'll, we'll have less cases, which is pretty funny. But I saw a lot of people lining up for like city MDs and like all these other places to get tested for COVID. But there's a whole bunch of people together at once, and for me, yeah. I'm like. You can get COVID like that, no? Like, if you don't stay six feet to one another or whatever. Yeah, um, social di- distancing is kind of... We've kind of forgotten about yeah, that we, in the last year or so. We, yeah. We've we kept sticking up our masks and things like that. But when it comes to staying six feet apart, we've, we've kind, kind of, of like that. forgotten about that. So, so I, what I think about is, like, people can get COVID through those lines. But also, a, a neighborhood like Williamsburg is very wealthy. You know, and yeah. they're going around traveling and stuff like that. I travel too. I'm like a lion, but I love to travel. But they're a little more wealthy than you know. It's the same me and Holly, right? But that has a lot just of, a little, just a little, <laughs> just a little five thousand dollar coat on uh, <laughs> Tuesday. But the interesting thing is that that's what leads to COVID transferring, right? Having COVID from one place to another, this and that. But obviously, it doesn't apply really to anybody else. I'm not saying I'm not trying to like oust uh, you know people. What I'm trying to say is that we cared more during the pandemic than post, but the post is still part of the pandemic. You know, it's kind of this thing where I'm not faulting the neighborhood, but we kind of had to expect it. Yeah. Right? If you travel that much in a community that travels a lot, but also, does that mean that our bodies are getting better at fighting it, preventing it, all that stuff? I mean, it's a good question. Like, we we still don't know a lot about Omicron, and we we're learning as much as we can. Yeah. Like the most that we know is that it's highly transmittable, and Super. but that it's clearly not as harmful. Yeah, because I, I was I was pretty sick the other day. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> like yeah. not, not like recently to now, like a week ago, and everybody around me getting sick. I'm like, damn, bro, everybody's getting sick. Uh, I mean, I saw another headline of that mm-hmm. from the New York Times saying that mm-hmm. even a, a sniffly nose is having a lot of New Yorkers mm-hmm. questioning if they have COVID Definitely. or just a cold. And that happens a lot because it's called the common cold. See, I know yeah. a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's definitely oh. happening. There's a lot of proof out there as to why the numbers are as high as they are. Gotcha. And I just I, I figured this was a good little thing to bring up to just say, hey, you know, stay safe. Yeah. You know, do whatever you I, think is best for you, but I guess care for other people too. <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm not yeah. I'm not gonna try and get on my soapbox too yeah, much yeah, of yeah. of saying get vaccinated no, and no. this and that and whatever the do case whatever is. You want. Like, just stay safe. Yeah. And and even then, like, I, I feel like I'm happy you brought it up because I think right now we all have something to say. And it kind of stamps this time point of, like, we may be able to do this. And thankfully, like, me and Javier, the circumstances, we were able to, like, shoot this sh- show. But I do know a lot of places around here that are close enough for this case, especially on the yeah. holidays. But, I mean, holidays is the biggest time for traveling and this or that and all that stuff. And these shutdowns are still happening. Yeah, we all have something to say. If, if 10 people listen to this, 3 to 7 are going to be like, well, I disagree or I agree. and da, 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 Because it's happening all around us. And we thought we'd be done with this, like, what, two years ago? A year ago? Yeah. I just don't... I just can't believe, excuse me, that preparing for the pandemic was the first time I've ever gone through a pandemic. You know? <laughs> if that makes any sense. We've all... Okay. This is all our first times going through, right? Yeah. We took it pretty well. <laughs> like in compar in, in comparison to like um going crazy or manic because of being indoors all the time. Like I, I think I mean cry crimes rose, people died. 
you know, we we had we had Black Lives Matter really become a big thing True. from from the pandemic and protesting and things like Definitely. that. I, I I believe in the conspiracy of people getting COVID because people were protesting a lot. I mean, it makes sense with that many people in 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 such a closed space, all pressed up against each other. Like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Just like concerts and things like that, it's there's no, no but, different. But I'm saying, like, with COVID being a thing, it's introduced because we started protesting like crazy. Oh, you know, okay, that's what I mean. Because <laughs> it, logically, it makes sense that people got COVID because the bundles of group, which those are the same people, because on the liberal side that advocate for six feet mass uh, but they're gonna go protest in a bunch where it's like yeah die, the bro. irony is definitely there yeah, that's, i always thought that was ridiculous nobody wants to speak on it but you know some things matter most but it's, it gets tricky with even even when uh when biden won the celebrations going around the country is yeah. just no social distancing nothing it was like all. oh it doesn't matter today because <laughs> <laughs> but i think the immunocompromised people are the ones that worry the most and that's what we care of priority wise and then the elderly or the people who have like certain diseases and stuff. At the end of the day, we're still going through a pandemic, and I think that's the craziest part of it all. Yeah, like, we're dead ass going through something that is just weird. Because <laughs> before it wasn't this like to wear a mask in a cab or a restaurant. Except the Texas, the Texas didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hey, listen, I just want to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. I figured figured it's a small little important thing to bring up. Yeah, no, nah, and I'm back to life too. Sorry, I have been. Um, Sipping on my beverage, <laughs> and I'm feeling pretty good. But I'm also kind of celebrating this moment, so had to nice. throw out there. It's uh, it's a good thing to be doing this, and speak your mind if you have to, because it's important. Yeah, yeah, man. And listen, I got I got another another news topic for you. Okay. What's so, up? I want to talk about the union that just occurred at Starbucks. Okay. So, in Buffalo, New York. One com- one store out of nearly 9,000 company-owned stores. And what that means is that, you know, you see Starbucks at, like, airports or Targets or whatever the case is. Those Starbucks aren't owned by the company. Those are, like, they're, retail? They're, like, licensed. Oh, there we go. And so there are a couple of stores, actually, in the country that are unionized by licensed-owned Starbucks. But this is the first company-owned Starbucks in Buffalo, New York, to get unionized. Fucking shout-out to Buffalo, New York. For real. <laughs> and, and you said this is a Starbucks that is part of the company. Like, yes. It's not licensed or nothing. It is not licensed. Interesting. Okay. And this was pretty much a symbolic victory for labor. It, a lot of people that have been complaining about the things where they, that they had to deal with of working a job, here comes a Starbucks store. Out of, out of all companies making a union it's it's a pretty big thing and at the moment there are three other stores in buffalo trying to unionize at the same time that this happened and from the success of this there are two more stores in boston now trying to unionize so this is creating a wave almost yeah there, this could almost start something really big where a lot of stores, not even in Starbucks, but across other chains and companies can start happening. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was really interesting to bring up because, it is, it is. because you know, we also work with coffee. Yeah. We definitely do. <laughs> That's pretty interesting to, to say, hey, yeah. should we unionize? Yeah, man. <laughs> and for me as a person, I think of union as what cops and like garbage men, uh, construction workers, et cetera, right? 
and I thought I never I never would have imagined that somebody who like makes coffee or like does latte art or serves a muffin could be part of a union just because of my perspective on it, right? Okay. But but there are the restaurant workers I'm assuming who are also on union, right? Yeah. I guess it just depends on the if the government owns it. Uh, I don't know to be honest. Me, me neither, I, and I think <laughs> I think that's step one of figuring this out. Like, um, but it will, I think ultimately when it comes to unionizing stores like Starbucks, it would just be an uh, open door for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I what what I got to tell you is that unions they work from separate organizations. Okay. So, Workers United is an affiliate of the Giant Service Employees International Union. And pretty much Workers United, they're the people that help unionize this uh, store in Buffalo. And the stores in Boston are working with these people as well to unionize. So, what's interesting is that something like this has tried to happen before in the city, in New York City, back in the 2000s, but it failed. Same thing happened in Philadelphia in 2019, and that also failed. Not only did it fail in 2019, but two employees were fired that were involved with organizing it. I'm at the tight right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're reading the story. They're like, yeah, it could have been us, man. <laughs> All right. And the labor board judge found that pretty unlawful. Mm. So I thought that was pretty interesting to bring up because even throughout the entire process of this unionization happening in Buffalo, which started early earlier in the year, because it takes some months for this to process and probably to go through. Process probably takes so long, especially yes. at an important level like that. And during that time, out-of-town managers, executives, and even Roseanne Williams, who's who's the fucking like CEO? F- like the front lady of oh, Starbucks the not CEO <laughs> not the CEO <laughs> but somewhat yes okay but they all showed up at these stores in Buffalo and they're questioning people about operational challenges oh, wow. and trying to assist in menial tasks like cleaning the bathrooms and things like that which are major if you're not used to that like doing shit like that is not supposed to be part of your day exactly you're right. not you're not supposed to have the fucking like director or president of your company come in and clean your bathroom yeah, for you it's not it's not a casual thing no but, and, but nobody should be like cleaning a bathroom that's public right okay. <laughs> no there are people who do it you're, you're not wrong but it's just but a crazy part of a job you know what's also that. interesting too is that like these employees they felt intimidated and they felt they like they were being observed by these people while they oh, were there okay okay and so you you look at a company like Starbucks, it's as big as it is. Yeah, and and the general thing that you hear from a job like Starbucks is that, oh, you get a lot of benefits and things like that, and whatever which the is, case is. Which is interesting. Benefits could be, you know, interpreted in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. And it's just when you look at it from a company perspective, of course they do things like this because the last thing they want you to do is start a union. Yeah, They want you to look at all the benefits you have and mm-hmm. say, oh, look at all these nice things I have. Why yeah. would I ever want to start a union? We're already giving it to you, right? Yeah. I didn't know that people could do that in a Starbucks or anywhere. Yeah, anyone can start a union. It's just they're very difficult to come by. And we've had a lot of people come out and say that just because this happened at a starbucks of all companies in buffalo new york this could easily start a revolution yeah. where a lot of other companies could see unions happening any second example as an example of their own as to why they should unionize yes because when you see someone else take a risk as big as this and it succeeds it it makes you want to take that same risk 
I went to a McDonald's at 2 a.m. on a Astoria <laughs> on a Saturday. <laughs> and there were workers in the drive-thru with the register, tired as fuck. Can you imagine 2 a.m. working, you giving know. my drunk ass 10 chicken nuggets? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And shit like that. Imagine if your employee at McDonald's was unionized. Imagine if they were getting paid, say, 20 an hour yeah, like, oh, to I'm, make you nuggets at I, 2 a.m. I'm not a fast worker. I'm a, I'm a service worker of the New York State or whatever. To... I mean, regardless of what it's called, the work you put in is very hard work, you know? Yes. And I mean, I think it's an important thing. I just think that people will fight against it, especially companies. They won't want that. Yeah, no, companies don't want this because companies, they want to pay as little as possible. And when it comes to a union, they have to pay more because in general, with a union, you'll see more hours and you'll see higher pay come in. Yeah. And... That scares companies. What? I had to pay more people. I had to hire more people. I had yeah. to give them more hours and things like that. Because some of the complaints that were coming in from the uh, Starbucks in Buffalo is that they were dealing with a lot of understaffing and insufficient training. And that was a situation that got worse through the pandemic. And so this is why they started this union, mm-hmm. because they felt like they were dealing with too much. They were working the shifts or like maybe hours or equality of work that people weren't showing up for, right? Yes. I get what you mean. And so, and what's also interesting too is that when they tried to unionize, Starbucks tried to uh, defend this and say, well, you know, employees or partners, as Starbucks employees are referred to, yeah, partners can work at multiple locations. So a single location can't unionize or vote for a union. It needs to be an entire district. Oh, okay. Okay. However, when that happens, if it, it us- the district is usually favored in those votings, and the labor board said no. They said we're gonna let the stores vote individually. Interesting. So that's why only one store has been unionized. Because I'm imagining all the districts within that. Every store is like no, yes, no, yes, no, yes. Yes, it'd be wow, it'd be I- more conflicted. But and any Starbucks out there, if they're part of a district, as a district whole, if you want to achieve union, you do it individually. And if the max amount of votes of the individual stores come on to yes, they'll yeah. do it. Yep. Wow. So Crazy it, shit. <laughs> so <laughs> when it's done as a district with a bigger vote pool, it doesn't it usually favors the company because there's you need a majority of people to yeah. make that vote, and that's just harder to get more so people, people to are do skeptical. That. They're like, yes. "Hey, I don't know if this is the right move." Yeah, it's a lot of us, but they probably did that shit on purpose. <laughs> you feel me? Like exactly. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's always a lot of things the companies try and do to the fight against a union happening. The fact that they had these managers and executives and Roseanne Williams coming in mm-hmm. at these stores and stuff like that, doing everything they can to say, "Hey, you don't need to start a union." Look at all this work we're doing. They're kind of being like, hey, please do not start a union. Exactly. Now I'm seeing what you're saying. It'll be crazy. It'll be a crazy thing. And do you know what these workers are achieving now in terms of pay and benefits or not? Well, it seems like from the things they were complaining about of understaffing and whatever the case is and and having insufficient training, it seems like those things are going to be taken more seriously. It seems like they're probably going to hire more people that they're going to have more time to train their, their partners and make sure that everyone knows what they're doing. 
and so interesting. just hopefully make their lives a little easier. And in general, hopefully they get more hours and they get more pay, whatever the case is. Wow. And a company like Starbucks can afford it. You know what I'm trying to say? Yes. Ultimately, just the longevity of affording that year after year for like thousands and thousands of workers. Yeah. I still understand the business aspect, but. As, as soon as this went through, two stores in Boston uh, started their submission to start a union. I think it's inevitable for the future. As well as a store else. in Arizona. Nice. Shout out to Tucson, so, Arizona. I like that spot. So <laughs> we, it's really happening. People are really trying to start unions in, in a company's biggest Starbucks. And wow. it says a lot. It says a lot. And it shows how tired people are of working minimum working, uh, uh, minimum labor jobs. You're absolutely right. I think it's a win for the average working like person. I think it's important. I just think also that people aren't used to these options being available to them. There, are, I feel like there's always options for like taxes or like business, this or that, and they're available, but people can never have access to them because they have no idea they exist. Um, I I just think that when somebody does this with the Starbucks job, it speaks the same as somebody who works in McDonald's, Taco Bell. Or anything relevant that isn't even food, like Foot Locker, Models. Yeah. Every worker that really shows up to work every day, 40 hours, isn't appreciated, comes in when it's snowing or like rain or anything. They deserve the world. They deserve deserve (laughs) Louis Vuitton shoes with the gold straps, diamonds on each side, and uh, beats by (laughs) Jay. No, but it, it makes more, it makes them more knowledge. Which is important because nobody wants to do something. I I was um because we work in coffee, right? I was working with coffee one day, and some guy said this to me about five years ago, something like that. Maybe maybe three four years ago, he said, "You know, they'll never replace coffee shops like this with the robot. They'll never do that." Okay. And they were like, "Why? Why do you say that?" He's like, "Because a robot can make this or that product, but it'll never give you the time and you know." conversation we just had it was a good worker that i worked with and i was i was thinking about that and a little bit of me was like that's very sweet and the rest of me was like nah i'm pretty sure that you're replaceable <laughs> yeah, i'm pretty sure if we get a machine to create anything as as you've always wanted it every single time you would never not change that especially something as particular as coffee exactly like it's your first thing of the day and if this machine gets it 99.99 percent of the time and this person doesn't work all the time or isn't there all the time and that's your favorite person to make a coffee, I'd rather get the machine that's going to get it right. Yeah. Especially if you could buy it in your house. So it was a sweet moment for me to see, but I thought of it almost as cinematic because I was like, this is replaceable. Everything everything that's created by a human being, do you think it can be created by a robot? I mean, not everything. Not everything, but let's say basic chain restaurant or cvs oh yeah best buy that's what i'm trying to say because yes. you're right there's art that can't be created by a robot even though if you look at the irobot movie by will smith that good quote is like <laughs> can you write a symphony will smith asks a robot and the robot responds can you and it's like Damn. oh you know that stuff so <laughs> it's, it's important to to look at that and ai ai is gonna have rights in the future for sure oh yeah definitely right but damn bro <laughs> that's a very interesting note wait what were we even talking about <laughs> I, I lost i lost track so fast 
Hey, listen, we fell down the b hole. That's all right. That happens on this show. You pop right in, and you're like, damn. You just fall down the b hole, and Christ. and you pop back out, and you say, hey, what were we talking about? And I say, hey, we were talking about unions. We were talking about unions. That's exactly what we were talking about. No, yeah. I mean, I want to bring that up. I thought that was pretty interesting. I saw that on the news, and I figured, hey, that's that's some pretty big news for for the labor world of, of it is, everything. It is. It, it's a big news for anybody that wakes up to go to work at any time you work and whatever you do for work. But most work is unappreciated, in my opinion. Exactly. You know, it, we appreciate really, these geniuses, but it's a real spark for yeah. for people that really hate their jobs, and they say, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe I could get away with this. Yeah, exactly. And the law says. But just do it though, <laughs> and most of us are like, I don't even know we could. And this you can. A, this is a you great... can start a union, Jake. <laughs> you can do it. Desiree. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great news, and I hope the world gets around more. I know people that hear this that know that they can do it will do it, and hopefully we start seeing more unions in the future. Facts. Facts. <laughs> so what's up? Oh, actually, because fucking I'm. I'm having a good time. I have too too good of a time because <laughs> straight up world, I'm a little drunk right now. But <laughs> I wanted to say this. I was um I was thinking. We okay. shot three episodes before this. And if you're still listening, thank you so much. Facts. I'm having a good thank time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And in our three episodes that we haven't released yet, there's a common trend that I had. Well, we had that in there, right? All right. And it was that we spoke about Calvary House, Ethan Crumble. Yes. And maybe the first one we didn't do that, but I thought to myself, I'm like, hey, <laughs> mass shooter of the week. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and hear me out, world, and you. <laughs> I'm not trying to poke fun at any mass shootings, this or that, but I realized he started off with Kyle Rittenhouse, have your opinion, then the 15 year old who shot the school, and I was um, working my job, right? <laughs> And I'm like, hey, you remember that James Holmes guy? Okay. You know who that is? Yes. So I got on a little tangent. I don't mean to joke around with the shooters of the week, but I was like, hey, if it's interesting, because I thought this was really interesting. <laughs> when that happened, uh, The Dark Knight came out. Yeah. And what do you remember of that whole scenario? I mean, I was a little nervous to go to the movies myself when after that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I That happened in Florida, right? It happened in... It should be Florida. I'll tell you right now. Because I have a little information here. I just don't know at the moment. But let's say it happened in Florida. Yeah. No, I mean, that was definitely really scary. I couldn't imagine going to the movies and that happening to you. That was that was a real, like, horror for sure. 100%. I'm, I'm even scared to this day to go to the movies. Not really, like, I'll go. But just when you think of premieres and... The last time I was scared to go to the movies was when I saw Joker. Of course. I didn't even think about that. I had such a good time. And and the reason I bring it up now is because the Spider-Man movie came out. Yes. Right? This is not to scare anybody, but if you do, ah. But <laughs> but I think of it as, well, that's why I guess I leaped onto the idea because we kind of stopped being scared of it. But school shootings have happened and people still are like casual until it happens around them or to them. You know? Yeah. And the reason I say like mass shooting of the week is to, we don't have to do it, obviously. It's a very intense <laughs> subject. But it speaks on how much shootings there are in this country. Yeah. A whole bunch that if we were to do mass shooting the week, probably get a good two to four months out of it. Five, six, a year even. Because that's how much there have been. It's true. So I wanted to throw in this little surprise because I don't want to do the mass shooting the week. I just want to explain this story because at the okay. age we stand by, 
this news came out, and all we really know is that this guy went into a Dark Knight theater. He uh, set off two gas canisters, started shooting. When the audience saw the gas canisters, they thought it was a gimmick for the show Dark Knight. So they were like, oh, wow. All right. But then this guy who was blasting techno in his ears was blasting away. He was wearing armor or something like that and a gas mask. So I want right. to take you down this lane of the information I saw. So this guy, Holmes, he bought right. a assault rifle and a shotgun. Okay. He bought a 40 caliber Glock handgun and another pistol. Altogether, he had about 6,000 rounds of ammunition. Jesus. So this is basic shooter info, right? This is this guy has a lot of guns. Yeah. During that whole time he did that, he murdered 12 people and injured 50 to 70 people. So that's wow. basically the range of horror he caused. So what I want to take you down is the trial. Okay. He had 165 counts against him. He was guilty and pleaded the... Insanity. 165 counts? He, Jesus Christ, I didn't even know that was possible. He pled insanity and he won the right to plead insanity. Wow. He was found guilty, but not with the use of the insanity plea. But this is where it gets a little like spicy, juicy, all the flavor. <laughs> <laughs> he was in therapy for a while. Okay. And he was talking to people and all this stuff. And this woman when, who said they never, he never had a problem. And the mom testified in court. She said, I didn't notice that his loudest cry of help was his silence. Right? Okay. He said when he was strapping on the armor to go into the movie theater, when he was putting everything on and the guns and stuff like that, he called a, a mental health hotline. They didn't pick up the phone. Oh, wow. They didn't pick up the phone. And when they didn't pick up the phone or the call got disconnected, he thought to himself, like, oh, this is really going to happen. Wow. And when I look at the court case of it all, because they wanted to give him the death penalty. And in my head, the first thing I thought was, like, it must be really hard to give somebody a death penalty. Yeah. Because you have to be the person that's a part of taking away a life, no matter what that life did. You're almost doing it if you agree to say yes. And that's when this this rung into me. If I was watching the court live, I would have been like, no, fuck this guy. Kill him. <laughs> but when I read that, I was like, whoa, this is an interesting thing. Watch Mindhunters if you've never seen Mindhunters because it's important to interview people who have committed crimes like this. It's not good to praise them. They have a lot of information and that's a key piece of information, at okay. least for me. Right? Now, this, now this is a more interesting thing. He said, um, well... He was a very smart student studying neuroscience in college. All right. He was going for his PhD. He got a federal grant of money to study. They paid his education, and he would get $26,000 in spending money from the grant. A lot of people speculate that the money from the grant was used to pay for the guns okay. and the ammo. Apparently, what he did was similar to a plot in The Dark Knight. I don't know which comic or this or that, but they reference it in the news. Yes. It is, right? Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. But the more interesting thing is that they don't track things like ammunition. Like I said in the beginning, he got 6,000 rounds of ammunition. And the only criminal record he has is a speeding ticket. So when you get a background check, you can buy whatever you want. Yeah. But they track how much Sudafed you buy, which is used to make methamphetamine. 
and they track how much fertilizer you buy because you know. Okay. But when you get six thousand rounds, yeah, when you get six thousand, it might have changed them now because the old article because it happened a while ago. But even then, the fact that they do that rather than ammunition at that point speaks yeah. a lot for what's happened in the future, and it's uh, it's very interesting. People say that he he said himself that he didn't mean to. He wanted to die when that happened. So when he did the action, he was ready to die. And there's a psychologist who said, I don't think wow. he was because he surrendered to the police and he also had a bunch of protective gear. They speculate that he wanted to survive because he had booby traps set up in his apartment. Really? If, if the cops would have rushed into his apartment, they would have all died because of an I-95 explosive. So they had wow. to bomb, they had a bomb squad to disarm the whole house. Jesus Christ. It's crazy, right? And ultimately, um, it speaks a lot. Uh, this is the last thing, actually. Uh, Obama, when that happened, Christian Bale vis- visited the people. He asked for no publicity, but he got publicity. So good for Christian <laughs> Bale, I guess, whatever. <laughs> Great actor. But with Obama, he he's visited the families that were sick and all that stuff. Okay. And all that. And he spoke about the shooter. He never mentioned the shooter's name. But... Coincidentally enough, that year he never mentioned gun control laws too, especially at that speech he gave. And the more and more and more interesting fact to top it off with the cherry <laughs> is that there was an election year. Ah. So the reason I bring this up is because we have a lot of stuff going on in this country. It's crazy. It's intense. It's it's wow. But I like to break down that whole little story because when I was younger, I just knew the red-haired man killed a bunch of people. When that man yeah. was handcuffed after the occasion, he had plastic bags over his hands to collect the gun debris, and he used the plastic bags of sock puppets. Really? He was spitting at officers, apparently. Wow. I just wanted to hit you with that. Wow. It's a crazy no, story. That's... Yeah. That's what, I, that's <laughs> oh, what I was doing at work. <laughs> Bored as fuck. <laughs> and that's Frankie's corner of horror right there. <laughs> and I think it comes ar- it arises a bunch of topics like mental health, policing of a person that's committed a crime as heinous as that protection of people in the theater and it's not to scare people but it's it's definitely interesting at the core of it all no i mean it definitely is it you really had to look at the psyche of a person and say why would they do such a thing and a lot of times it's just they had they have something inexplicable going on in their minds and you can't deny that yeah and he was uh interviewed for like 20 plus hours I think so, and the j- judges had to watch all that. Wow. So I can't imagine being a jury, but my, my main reason for getting into this was the idea of still that jurors who have to send people to life, they're not doing that lightly. I know it may seem like that no. when you're watching it on TV, or but putting somebody to death penalty is a harsh decision. Yeah. And I could never imagine Did it. he get the death penalty? No, he, he got life in prison. And he, with the 165 counts, but he also like went to a prison. He got beat up by somebody really badly. Okay. So what ended up happening, what people speculate is that he got moved to a private prison, so nobody would like hurt him, because I guess he's a high target. Like he's, I think he's staying where, I want to say Al Chapo is, but that could be exaggeration. But he's in high security right now. Okay. I just um, hey, I'm his bathroom quick. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. I'll be talking to the people. Listen, listen, I'll tell you guys about a lot of things. I'll tell you about all the things that are going on in my life right now. Like, you know, it's pretty tough out there. It's 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 cold. The temperature is cold out there. 
Now I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't get I don't get enough jackets for this. I, I'm probably gonna have to buy a new jacket or something like that. I don't wanna buy a new jacket. I don't make enough money for that. Maybe maybe if I make enough money from this, I can buy a new jacket. Well, you guys actually support us? Whoa, all these questions are hitting me right now and I can't handle this. I can't I can't handle this. I need I I need to take a second. Oh man. Imagine if you guys actually supported us, that'd be so wild. Please support us. That'd be so nice of you guys. I love you guys. Nah, that's it's too soon to say that. I'm sorry. That weirded you guys out. Oh no, now I'm being weird. It's okay though. It's okay. I'm a weird guy. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways, back to James Holmes. Sorry, or just... actually, now it's up? my turn. Let's go. Keep the people talking. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice, yeah. I was holding it in for a while, and I was fucking dying, but got to keep the show going. Anyway, that's Javi is um, doing his own thing. I'm here. My name is Frankie. If you're still listening, I'll say this once again, especially because it's the first... Thank you so much for listening. It's important to be speaking your mind no matter what. You got to keep doing what you're doing. And if you feel like you want to start something, do it. Because this came out of nowhere. Regardless, any feedback is appreciated or just contact us. We're going to be doing this no matter what. Consistency is key. You got to keep doing what you're doing if you're confident in it. I thought this would be fun because I think we both have a lot to say. We got perspectives on Different things. We're not that different in age. But you know when somebody is like having ideas and you could bounce off of it, have your opinion. You know somebody out there. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you work at a fucking donut shop or you make knives. (laughs) Just get it started. But we're moving into a crazy generation of things. Everything's going to change. This is going to be something bigger than Instagram or Twitter. There's going to be something bigger than YouTube in the future. And we're all going to be doing VR. I just noticed there's a camera right here to my top left. Here, we got some video coming on the way soon. What video? I don't know, but I'm talking in like uh, <laughs> the same rhythm every time I talk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're back. That was a quick bathroom break. Little bathroom, bathroom break. break. Brought to you by um, uh, a Valvoline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I needed that because I was like, woo. But regardless of that, we're back here. Yeah, what's up, Javi? Yo, man. Uh-huh. So listen, mm-hmm. it's it's the first official episode, right? It is. Right? We're looking at our entertainment section now. Okay. And and first stop on the entertainment section of AMC are albums. Yes, they are. And so it was album, movie, movies, comics. comics. And right now we're doing the albums. And I thought I thought of a pretty cool album that's that's pretty special to me that I said, hey, you know what? Let's check this shit out because I thought it'd be pretty dope to check this album out. The first album that we checked out was Unreasonable Doubt by Jay-Z. Yes, it was. Pretty dope album. Pretty dope album. And what's really interesting for Frankie and I is that we have two very different uh, tastes of music. Yes, we do. I listen to punk rock uh, primarily. Frankie kind of listens to more hip hop and whatever the case is, and more he's a little more open than I am, I'd say. Yeah, everything. So, bro, as long as it got sound. <laughs> Honestly, mm. 
And so there's a band that that's pretty special to me. They they're from Albany, New York. So okay. you get you know you got to represent. Represent. They're they're a four piece band. They're a punk band. Well, I wouldn't even I'd I'd call them a punk band just because of the energy they bring. But 100%. they have a lot of emo based centric lyrics. Their name is Prince Daddy and the Hyena. Yes, it is. They they got a pretty dope name, I think. I think so too. And they have this album, which is their second album called Cosmic Thrill Seekers. It came out in 2019 uh, from Counterintuitive Records, which also produced their first album. I thought you didn't really like Leaving Home. But actually, at the moment, they just signed on to a new record label, Pure Noise Records. Records. And they've finished filming, not filming, they finished recording their third album. So they have a new album coming out very soon. So I'm pretty excited for that. Nice. On top of that, I got to see them myself live for the first time on December 10th. I wish I went, man. I wish I went. Yo, it was fucking great. And the crazy thing is that I'll let you continue right after this. But when you asked me, you asked me to go, right? If I'm mistaken. And I had to be that I was working the next day and I was tired. Hey, if you're too tired to do that shit that's fun the night before, don't not go. It's good to sleep. Good to spend time at home if you haven't. But (laughs) if you got an experience like that, go to it. I went to a Menzinger's concert with this guy. Fucking mad fun. And I wish, I guess in the moment I realized what I was missing out when I couldn't go. (laughs) But after hearing this album, I really wish I would have gone. I think um, it was an important experience. I missed that one. Imagine that Menzinger show times 10. Jesus Christ. It was incredible. Yeah. And I've never, I, off the bat, like I've heard the songs because Javi has played them before and he's covered them too. Javi is a cover artist as well. But I've never heard of this band or heard their music. And I think that's the best thing about this section that we get to expand the horizons in terms of interest regarding entertainment. And I got I got put onto a new band today. There's so much music I heard today where I'm like, wow, this really hit my my soul, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of wanted to go down the track list for you because what's really interesting about this album is that it's a concept album. Okay. And if you don't know what a concept album is, what that means is that this album tells a story. Yes. It it tells a singular story, and this album is broken up into three acts. Yes, you got it is. Act One, the heart and the passenger. Nice. That has Tracks one to five, which are I Lost My Life, Lauren Track Two, Fucking A, Dialogue, and Cosmic Thrill Seeking Forever. Act two is The Brain Driver, and that's tracks six to nine, which are Slip, The Prototype of the Ultimate Life Form, Breather, and Ursula Merger. I like Ursula Merger. (laughs) And then you got Act three, which is The Roar, Random Passerby. Which are Dream tracks nails. ten to fourteen, Dream Nails, Come On Smoke Me Up, Trying Times, Trying Times, Clonopin, hey. yep. and Wacky Misadventures of the Passenger. Oh man! And just to throw it out there, Prince Daddy and Hyena is Corey Gregory. They have a new bassist that goes by the name of Adam. I don't know his last name, unfortunately. <laughs> so he's just Adam right now. Their lead guitarist, Cameron Hanford, and their drummer, Daniel Gorham, which which he's great on drums. He killed it on, at oh, that live that's show. That's something that I definitely want to talk about um, later on. Because, well, I just want to talk, but you go first because you got your research and I got. Yeah, you know, you know, we were working in that thing of like uh-huh. not talking over each other. <laughs> you know, I think we've done a pretty good job of that, you know, not talking over each other. 
audience, audience, <laughs> just know that this is such an exciting thing to do. Because at first I was skeptical. I got nervous. I was like, I've never heard this music before. I don't know how I'm going to react to it. But now more than ever, I'm excited to, to talk about it. Because when you venture across something new, it's important to take it in as you take it in only. But it was a, it's a dope experience. So this is a cool section of the show. The only shitty part about it is that it's almost over. You know? <laughs> so pay attention, stick with us, and keep listening. So it's a concept album, right? It tells a story. What's the story of Cosmic Thrill Seekers? Mm-hmm. I pulled this quote. It says, A hero's journey following a guy who might conquer the world if he could leave his couch. Mm. I thought that was a pretty good quote. Because what this album is all about is about Corey Gregory, the, the front man, lead singer, going on a badass trip. Mm. He went on a badass trip on some leased Sour Patch. Okay. And... On that acid trip, he wondered if his brain chemistry was permanently fucked up. And by the end of his trip, he would he watched The Wizard of Oz. And he felt like The Wizard of Oz was kind of a metaphor for his own life. calling, Kind of falling down this b-hole of life. And saying, hey, like, have I gone too far? And so that's what Cosmic Thrill Seekers is about. It's about living a life where, in the first track, I Lost My Life, where he says... I took a hit one too many times and it I really made my ma- life. I lost my yeah. Exactly. And it really makes you wonder when when do you become detached from reality? And so it's a really it's a really inspiring album because there's a lot of thought that went into this album, a lot of heart that went into this album. You from the very first song alone, I lost my life, you hear Corey Gregory's voice that rasp the way he screams yes. at the top of his lungs it's it's almost controversial how he sounds yeah you might not like it and that's okay or you might not be used to it yeah i think, I think that's the more appropriate like way to look at it in terms of people who may think that they just don't like it of course like what you like continue but in my opinion i think it's just that you're not used to the voice yeah it's it's he he's got a very unique voice. There's not a lot of people that have a voice like him. I'd say the the thing that I could relate it most to is Joan Jett. If you've listened to Joan Jett, if you've heard Bad Reputation, imagine that voice. Yes. Yep. So if you imagine that girl's voice, but in a guy's form, from a pot smoking dude in his twenties, and it's just. He really shouts and screams and he does not hold back on his voice. And it, you can really tell and it really shows in the music because he does not hold back. And it's just not, not at all. And it's fucking phenomenal. I think of an artist. I made sure I got the name, but her name is Betty Davis. Betty Davis. Okay. And, and she's a guitarist and singer. But again, with a similar, what's his name? Corey. Corey Gregory. Corey Gregory. They have a similar style in regards to just going, ah, like, you know, like, and his is more like crunch, I guess, if that's the correct way to yeah. put it, punk, you know, like screaming, but singing. And with her, she's just singing in just a different manner. And I think, again, if you're not used to it, you look at it as like, this is terrible singing. But it's, <laughs> it's really a different way of singing. And I think with the album, it was appropriate to express that. Yes. And I, I think this album has a lot of great, great lines and things like that. Yes, I do too. I like there are just a lot of lines that stick out, like in Lauren track two, when he says, stay at least till I'm asleep. I'm pretty fucking confident that I'll die the next time I'm all alone in my bedroom, my own fucking bedroom. Definitely. 
that's the second track mm -hmm. and that's that's him clearly falling down the b-hole of his acid trip and saying don't leave me because if you leave me i might fucking die yeah like please stay and by the end of the fucking album he's saying things you'll never really be alone yeah and it repeats the album ends on a repeat of, of the opening strumming of the first track and it, it really brings everything full loop where just like in wizard of oz just like the main character in wizard of oz she's never really alone no. she has her crew and she has her people that care about her no matter how far gone she might be she has her people yeah and it tells a really beautiful story of finding your home within your people wow and I, so I, that's the album and I, it's, it's a really great thing. And I, I was really happy to, to bring this up and, nice. and I kind of want to get your opinions of it. Like, Got you, bro. like you, hearing, hearing someone like Corey Gregory for the first time, I'm sure you were probably like, what the fuck is this? Got you. Well, it's cool to hear somebody talk about their favorite music. First of all, like I see how you talk about it. And I think what matters most is that. At the core of music is passion, right? Whether you do it or listen to it or enjoy being around the the, the environment of music, like um, musicians or vocalists who are also musicians, <laughs> I think that you notice something is special when the person that's doing it is enjoying it and part of it, if that makes any sense. You can, yeah. you can see somebody sing a tune on the train for money. Like, hey, I'm good at this. Let me just... Get some change. Not to put them down, to put in music in the world. You know, they say when you go to heaven, if you believe in that, <laughs> one of the things that go to heaven, aside materialistic things that don't go to heaven, is music. Birds mm -hmm. make music. Yeah. Because music is part of nature. You get me? Yeah. So, yeah, it's great you're putting music into the world, but it's a difference between that one person who's doing it. One of my biggest dreams when I was younger was to play music on the train. Oh, okay. Just to do it. Because it would be nice to perform something I know. I played the trombone when I was younger. Now, not that much. <laughs> but I played it. And I was like, damn, I want to do this in the train now. Because I'm from New York City. Like, I don't want tips. I just want to do it to put music out there. That's why I understand carolers. Like, dun, 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 dun. Uh -huh. So when I think about why you speak about this album, when I first heard it, I'm like, okay, well, this is not anything new to me. Because people are crazy in music. There are motherfuckers who do all types of music. Right? <laughs> yeah. But I was like, definitely his voice is interesting. It's crazy, like, nah, nah. And that's not even doing it justice. It's like that, but more like, yeah, like a screeching, gurgling, like, yeah. you know, sound. But what was interesting to me is that when you mentioned the first song, right? It was... Uh, we got technology damn, into the podcast. Wow. Come on, Google. Come on, Google. I'm getting my zone and shit. God damn. What was the first name, Corgan? The, the first, first song, song, I Lost My Life. I Lost My Life. And what I got from that song, because I was writing as I listened, the most important thing is that um, I wrote that this first track reverts me to this scenario of feeling kiddish and lost. Because of one of the key lyrics is I want to go home. So I started getting notes of like, what is this album about? Because when you say I want to go home, you hit a lot of people. Yeah. You hear a lot of people because especially if they're older, especially if you're like in your 40s, but more especially if you're in your 20s, mid 30s, like you want to be a kid again. Yeah. And that's the, t the tone I got off the bat with the first song. I felt this, this like, I want to go back. And with the second song, was it Lauren's track? Lauren track two. Yeah. 
he, he says, I want to go home. I want to go home, right? I thought that his cadence, his voice was amazing with everything because a lot of pronunciation of this music was, the cadence, I mean, was so like, compared to the lyrics I was reading, I was like, how does he say this? And he kind of does it in his own manner. Yeah. And I noticed that there's also this common melody. Like, they used it in a very different way for all acts as if a play would do. They okay. would, they would yeah. use the same music. I found out that the music for Home Alone was made by John Williams, who also made Star Wars. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And then you think about, like, wow, that's why it's such a classic, because John Williams wrote the music for fucking Home Alone, which is a great <laughs> movie I watched with my family the other day. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> it was awesome. But then you notice, you're like, wow, he made, he made the music for some of the biggest hits in the world. Essentially, wow. I saw this theme being brought out throughout the whole album when I got to the end of it. But when I was at Lawrence Track, what I realized is that, yeah, like what what stands out to me the most in this whole album is the lyrics. Because there's a certain amount of lyrics that are so strong that you relate to them regardless of, even if you don't, you feel the emotion there. So like you said, it's like, it says, I got some shit I like to say, but I can't open my mouth. I thought yeah. that's something that was like, wow, man, like I, I'm sure a bunch of people feel that way. Because it's crucial. That's in Lawrence Strike. And like you brought up the one time I smoked too much. I got real high. And I had it one, um, one too many times and I lost my life. And there's a whole bunch more. But one, what I like... One of my favorite lines mm-hmm. is uh, when he says, I'm done with all these fucking problems that just sit and wait for me like dishes in the yes, sink. Yes, I, I, I had that written down. Is that in Ursula's major? Or is it like, what's it called? I'm looking for it right now. It should be in Ursula's because that's actually my one of my favorite songs it on is. the album. Yeah, man. I, I, I like that a lot. Because another thing that I got to in this listen to this album is that there's a, there's a lot of themes. One of it is friendship. One of it is reach potential. And one of it is also just expressing an emotion. And throughout the middle of the album, I started to realize that I can't grasp the full meaning of this. I'm like, what is he talking about? Without like Googling the research and stuff, I said, what is he talking about? But I felt the emotions he was saying. He has something that says, in the third track, I know your friends probably wouldn't like me much. Too bad I don't give a fuck. I don't have a lot to offer. I can stay here a while longer. Nothing against your judgmental entourage, but aren't they a rowdy bunch? At the end of it, he says, you don't want to do the drugs they do now. And I looked at that and I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of people like that. There's a lot of people who you're around that are like, yeah. you're a part of, but you can see they're still not separate from what really is real. Yeah. You know, attached to that, that, that fakeness. And he talks about losing his friends periodically and in and, and summer, summertime when your friends go away. I saw a lot of friends references. Yeah. And that's where I kind of like melded my mind with the, my melded, sorry, I cut the mic off. When I melded my mind to, um, his mindset. Cause I feel that I have a lot of friends in the past where I wish I was like still around them, but life uh-huh. kind of brings you, it kind of pushes you past your friendships. Like you see each other, but it's not the same. And like right now we're living this moment, like, you know, me and you doing this podcast and who knows what the future holds and what the past is. Yeah. But ultimately like these are important moments because right now we're like doing something with our time. It could be gone in a, in a moment, in a second for me. So, and I think it's really interesting for you to say that because again, he, the fact, I just think it's so interesting that he y- uses Wizard of Oz as a metaphor for yeah. his life because he, click, he says click the heels and he mentions everything else. And it's like, again, the theme, I didn't know that it was the acid trip, but that you're never alone. 
I think yeah. that was a very crucial line in the whole end of the album. It really wraps everything up where yeah. it's just you click your heels and it doesn't matter where you are as long as you have your people, you're fine. Definitely. Um, before like now after this one, I start realizing the names of the songs because I got my notes right. But in the fourth track, it says D Heart, my view. It was the Cosmic Thrilling Seeking song. Yes. And it says D this is when I well, saw actually Cosmic Thrill Seeker for Seeking Forever, Forever. is the fifth track. It's the fifth track. Got you. But this is when they say, Dear heart, my vehicle, I will teach you how to fly. And if not, I'll sit by while you rock. Then in parentheses in the background, it says, I bet our pets don't fret about tomorrow. So yeah. I see this kind of like argument between himself. He's like saying, oh my God, like I'm expressing my emotions towards this and this and this. But like motherfucking pets don't really care about the next day. It's important to appreciate, especially today's a Monday. Yeah. I saw a video today where it said, Appreciate your Mondays because some people love to wake up today and they can't. And so yeah, I like when he says true. when he says that um, like when pets don't care about tomorrow, like they're just happy to run the next day or hang <laughs> out, eat some motherfucking food, something. He also says in that song, not much of a man myself, just a cowardly human being, but in love. The thought of being enough for you, no one else, just you. And the last thing he says at the end but it's not safe to think about forever. Yeah. And then you get this hopelessness of, damn, what is he going through? Because I didn't know it was the acid trip. So for me, when I'm listening, I'm like, what is this guy going through? Because <laughs> I'm not saying I like uh, resemble with, uh, you know, with him for, like truly 100%, but I feel all his emotions. I feel that through just the singing, where singing is such a language. You don't have to, you can listen to a song in Spanish or you know French, and you can kind of get what they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, and something I feel like we we failed to point out at this point is that again, with this being a concept album, the entire album sounds like one song. Exactly, it every really song bleeds of off of song. each other. Yes, exactly. And it does it so smartly, where every song still feels like its own song, but it just bleeds in right into the next. It transitions so well. Yeah. You almost don't notice. You kind of go with it like a play would. Like a play, exactly. Like a theatrical act would. And at the end of this uh, song, I write this. Because I just take notes when I'm doing this. Uh, I say, while while the solo is playing at Cosmic Throw Seeking Forever, I notice the range of not only one voice, but musical intensity. What I'm trying to say is that um, there's multiple singers in that in that group. Is there not? Uh, well, the drummer does background vocals, but something that I also learned today is that I, I forget the name of the band. I think they, they're called Stranger Ranger okay. and Remo Drive. Both of those bands uh, provided uh, background vocals for this album. It was amazing. And it helped bring out the Corey guy's voice much better. Much better. I really, um, because the solo is so strong, the guitar, and beautiful because of the contrast between loud guitar to soothing, twangy guitar. The yes. same thing could be said about the voices that it, they sing certain things like da, na, 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 and then the guy comes in ah, and then he just <sighs> and you get to appreciate both of them more because they both contrast themselves. Yeah. And I think that's a very important um, aspect, especially how they develop it later on. They become more dramatic, more instrumental, a little more exotic, but still to the core punk rock. And I, yeah. I loved it. I mean, I think what's really interesting, I kind of mentioned it before. It's like these guys are a punk rock band, but they have very emo-centric lyrics. Yeah, 100%. Because before their second album, it was kind of hard to pinpoint them. 
are they punk are they emo are they progressive rock they they kind of did a lot where especially with their first album which you haven't heard but they deal with a lot of emo-centric lyrics, yeah. but clearly b- bring a very punk rock vibe and punk rock they energy do. to everything. So it really makes you question, what's the sound that they're going for? Yeah. And with this album, it sounds like one entire song, but every song sounds different. Exactly. And it it's it's such an incredible feat that they could that they could make, where it's just so where they could make an entire album sound like this. So. Like I think of albums like this, like Pink Floyd's The Wall. Yeah. And it's just concept albums are so difficult. 24, uh, 2014 uh, Forest Sales Drive is also a concept album. Yeah. I mean, you have to listen, first of all, to get it all. And I think we don't have enough of that. People hear albums, they don't listen to first track to last. They just say, hey, let me shuffle, see what's good or not. I like this song, I like this song. But everything matters because when it came to the middle of this album, I didn't feel like I was listening to the album. The more I read the lyrics, I was saying to myself, like, this is a more personal piece of music. This is yeah. not just hits. They had put out some No, I felt that what I was reading and listening to was real pain. And even as I listened to it walking here today into the train, I just thought that if I was surrounded by people like that, I would be proud of the work I put in shooting it, like recording it. But I would like be accompanied by like comforting words like hey bro it's okay like don't it's hard to sing things like this in my opinion i mean he Corey gregory said that this is a very selfish album the things that he talks about it's very personal to his phone a lot yeah friends kids memories like going reverting to adulthood being by yourself not believing in yourself friends yeah it's it's a real journey and it i i think it's something that can that a lot of people can relate to yeah I don't think I don't think you need to be a punk rock fan to appreciate no, this. Not at all. It really tells a story of of self-loathing and self-regret and I think it really does a good job of expressing those feelings. Even here with the song Slip, he says, "I'm sick of feeling small, I'm sick of feeling dumb. I'm sick, sick of feeling that every little thing I've done is wrong. Like when it hits you, you'll never be a stupid kid again. You really miss it, but your days all fade to gray." It, it just, when you listen to the music, sometimes what's hardest to listen to the lyrics because how how he's singing because it's so like in your head, in your ears. Yeah. And wh- when I told you to listen to this album, I told you, lyrics. look up the lyrics yep. of this and because it, it's essential. And just like how I like to listen to like some, not, not some, a lot of Mexican music that's mariachi. And sometimes I can't understand Spanish song. I can stand there like speaking to me and speaking to it. But sometimes people sing so well and rhythmically. But what you can understand is the feel you get from hearing a person sing. I saw, I, you might have seen, but I posted this photo, the video of a father and a son singing in Mexico. They were singing some song. Uh-huh. And you, this little kid was singing his heart out. I was like, who hurt this little motherfucker? <laughs> and that's what I understood when I heard this album here. I heard real pain, real relatability. I even said in a part of my little notes, I said, I'm relating to this, but I don't know why. Okay. But there's something with me emotionally that I'm relating to. And his song, um, I I acronymed it as P-O-T-U-L, but I forget what it's called. You have that right there. It's After Slip. After Slip. Mm. That would be the prototype of the ultimate life form. There we go. And uh, and it says um, something that I I relate to, but I, I feel is a concern of mine. Or um, if I'm out there in the world and I write, nothing in my brain would impress you. Sit and think, 
all day like a recluse. Just like a recluse, you're so pathetic. And I was like, what the fuck is recluse? I looked at the definition, and it's a person who withdraws from the world to live in seclusion and often in solitude. And I think there's a lot of people who feel like they're recluses that don't think their brain impresses people that shouldn't be the people giving their validity for who they are, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, if you think that your mind isn't enough to impress somebody and you know you're giving your all and you're so confident in what you're saying, fuck those people, you know, be yourself. Because, like, a recluse is a bad thing to be. Not a bad thing to do. Not a bad thing to be in terms of, like, that's your personality. Uh-huh. But you're worth something. You're interesting yes. to someone because somebody's out there willing to listen. There's 7 billion people on this earth. Don't tell me you're not interesting. <laughs> if you're not interesting, you must be really fucking boring. <laughs> and I thought that was, I, I like those lyrics. And again, it just came down to this fucking, these lyrics keep hitting and hitting. Uh, yeah, I, they're, they're very personal. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I love uh, in one of the last tracks, I forget in which one exactly, but... Uh, it's just a, it, it feels like an anthem to me where he says someone get fucked up with me in the daytime yeah time is uh, fucking stuck and and laughing at me at the end line let me tell you about that shit. I love that line because I feel that I have um I have that written down and even without even looking at my nose to it when when I hear someone get fucked up with me in the daytime that's beautiful oh no that's a clonopin right a clon uh, clonopin clonopin when it says someone, yeah, someone to get you fucked up with me in the daytime. Hey, man, I love day drinking. I love day drinking because <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people I know know that. But the reason I love it is just because there's a whole day to have. And I used to, to do that. I'll still do it now. But one of the reasons I did it when I was much younger was to just experience the world much more intensely, differently at the same time, have a little control at the times where people don't. It's the same shit if you get drunk at the night. You know, it's not really a different. There's this idea that, oh, if I do it on Friday, Saturday, I'm doing it to just enjoy my weekend. But if you do it in the weekday, isn't it the same thing? Yeah. You know, not really in terms of just the true core of it, but I just think just do what you want. But when I saw that there, I was like, there goes the relatability. <laughs> <laughs> With um, Ursula Merger, I really, I think that's my favorite song. Okay. Yeah. And um, one thing I liked here that I wrote here is that the song cont- continuously shifts from mellow to forceful to jazzy but ultimately back to rock. The lyrics still make me wonder what the overall message is or who the singer is speaking to, but it feels personal and relatable, even without grasping its core message. The feel of the music is real, and certain lyrics throughout the whole album are very impactful. And when I when I listened to this, I, I heard like trumpet in the background, background, and I kept thinking about the thing that said, don't die wondering. There's two lyrics that I see here that says, they just don't care about my courageous plans. They'll just wait and see. And the next lyric is, this doing nothing is catching up to me. And I felt like if you stay complacent, you're not going to go forward. Yeah. But it's hard to get out this hole of, I'm not worth it or I can't do it. Yeah. I mean, it's like the quote that I brought up. It's a hero's journey if they could just get off the fucking couch. Exactly. And it's, it's a real thing where it's just, you know, you might have a lot of ideas, but sometimes it's so hard just doing them. Yeah. And this album really speaks to that. Yeah. You you might have the best idea ever, but that doesn't change the fact that you still need to do it. Yeah. And this album really speaks to that. It really Definitely. says like sometimes 
Just get it's up. just too hard to do it. It's true too. But you gotta do it. You gotta get the fuck up and just follow your dreams because you get one life, man. It, it really is. This is not even to be like oh inspiration or shit, but just do that shit because when you look back at it, even a week later and you didn't do it, even though you said you would, you'll just be upset at yourself. And there's no like, oh, it's okay, you'll do something later. It's straight up, you just didn't do it, man. Yeah, I mean, I love in a I'm pretty sure it was Dream Nails. Or no, wait. Uh, I forget which song it was, but it opens up with both my bleeding hands inform me of my greater plans and let me know. It's just, it really speaks to the fact that you can be hardworking, but still be a lazy person or still be dealing with something that might be holding you back mentally. Yeah. Uh, even in the song, come on and smoke me up. Uh, I mean, it says, well, it's been way too long since you thought about this stuff, how the stars and sun don't revolve around us. But this is the important part. And how nothing you do really matters that much because nothing you do will ever be enough. I constantly think that he's just talking about himself or this or that, or the person he's around. But there's this constant, like, hey, like, do better, be better, like, stop not doing nothing, you're not enough. But like yeah. you just said, it's, it's easy to tell yourself, I can't do this. I'm not able to. And not that this album didn't put me down. It just, it screamed for me. Yeah. You get me? Like this album was something that when I listened to, I felt when I listened to something like this, it releases all those emotions that I think in my own head that I'm like, ah, yeah. and that somebody's doing it for me. And that's where I can see the fan base building around it under the fact that it's great music. I also want to speak highly on the on the drums. Like in Slip, it goes doom doom. Like there's this little separation of, you know, <laughs> both. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun, dun. And it's so recorded so perfectly. And the drums are just as important as the guitarists and the vocals and anything in the background. I think there's a very great dramatic album, which is so important to me. Cause when you don't have something like that, you kind of just have one focused person and the rest is like, who's the rest? But we'll be right back with Earth Mind and Matter. We just got to answer the door. Nice. And so, uh, essentially, whatever I was saying, I was saying. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I just, I really, I I wanted this to be the first album that we look at because, like I've kind of brought up, it it really deals with something that we all deal with. Sometimes we don't feel like we're enough. Sometimes we don't feel like the things that we have in our mind are great enough. Yeah. But sometimes... Dreams can be reality. Uh, they always, they most of the time can, if not they, lower your expectations. This is this is a four piece band, a bunch of stoners from Albany, New York, yeah. that are producing and putting out this music and selling out shows and and playing shows where everyone knows the lyrics. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you do. There's an audience for it. Yeah, and here we are doing something where it doesn't matter if a hundred people are listening. We know that someone's going to be listening. Somebody. I don't care who it is. So thank you for that. Of course. Uh, I just want to mention a couple more things with like the songs because when I really look back at it, I'm happy you put me onto this album. In the, in the song, The Wacky, he says something that says, who's the evil mastermind responsible for and behind all this, this whole big mess? Yes. And sometimes you just feel like that. Even though it may be you who's responsible for the current mess that you're in, but overall, like, what is the purpose of all this? Like, I'm this this album got me feeling philosophical to the point where I'm like thinking about everything and just saying, 
like backtracking on my emotional self. Because yeah. I think ultimately this album really makes you come in contact with your own inner self. Yeah. Your own, not in the demons, but just in your demons, angels, whatever memories, but just over recollection of how your mind's being. Because this guy is truthfully letting out himself and telling us the world. He says things like, I miss my mom. And um, at the end, when he says, you're never really alone. Well, what I wrote here, is, and I think it's really important, is that um, how supportive and kind those words are to someone who is meaningful to you. Like, if you say that to somebody that's meaningful to you, regardless of how he just showed himself to be in this whole album, emotionally distressed because of something that happened to him, he still yeah. has the heart to say, you're never alone. And somebody yeah. who's broken like that, to say that to another person, that you're never alone, I think that's a very human thing because again to reference it wizard of oz this girl if i if i remember correctly she doesn't go back home she continues to live in this world oh, i don't know that. that's crazy and so that's she crazy. she continues to live in this world with wow. all these magical people and it doesn't matter she's not home because she's not alone wow i didn't know that that's kind of trippy actually um i remember i told you but i saw this somewhere else but if you listen to the what is it called alice in wonderland yes it's alice in wonderland yes oh shit i'm thinking of a different movie then you sure yeah the three you, you, you told me if alice in wonderland and like, oh the other and, like, album pink, pink floyd, floyd yeah. or something if you listen if you watch both of those movies i thought it was the movie we were talking about just now no no What's that uh, movie? uh uh wizard of oz it might be wizard of oz it's either wizard of oz no it was alice in wonderland it was? i remember searching it up let me just tell you this real quick people if you listen to wizard of oz alice in wonderland <laughs> alice in wonderland <laughs> and one of pink floyd's albums they go together absolutely perfectly which is a very interesting thing you look i up. searched it up it's a thing it's a thing it's it's right <laughs> it's like the very first thing that pops up i gotta You'll check see it out it. Go smoke some weed and check that shit out. I want to <laughs> check that shit out. But yeah, other than that, what I want to say about the album is that I'm grateful I came across it. Not really that you put me on, but like I was able to come across it in terms of like this life, and that it was really it was really important because I like reaching out in terms of again all genres. I don't care what it is, but I didn't expect to find this this type of lyricism within this musical album. I appreciated yeah. its music first. And the more I started reading the lyrics, the more I was thinking to myself, like, this is a real work of art. This is a real expression of emotion. And at the same time, it focuses on sounding good as well. Yeah. So it's a very impressive album. It's a rock opera. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, you should fucking listen to it because I, I feel like it's something that most people can enjoy. It brings a lot of energy. It'll yeah. hype you up in the morning. And what's I, it called again by who? It's Cosmic Thrill Seeker. By Prince Daddy and the Hyena. Check them out. Because they. I wish I went to that fucking concert. Because I wanted to hear that voice. I thought to myself, could he replicate the voices in the song? He does. Wow. Fucking tight that in gold. He that's does. What, that's the one thing I was thinking. I was thinking, would he be able to mimic that? They they played one of their new songs called Curly Q. Curly and Q. everyone knew the lyrics to that song. Oh, wow. And it was such a beautiful moment where... Almost the entire crowd is singing this song back to Corey. And during the interlude, Corey even took a second to really just be like, wow. Like he he was so taken aback by the fact that everyone knew the lyrics wow. to their new song. And it's just it's it's some great stuff. They wow. they make some great music and the fans they they love them. Where did you see them? On December 10th. Where? At La Poison Rouge. La Poison Rouge. 
That's where we went to go see the Menzingers. Really? Yeah. God damn. I really fucking I, wish I, I went. I fucking man. stage dive. I crowd nice. surfed. I had a grand old time. Yo. I went in my Santa hat. <laughs> so I was the only asshole up there in the crowd in my Santa hat. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yo, somebody invites you to a concert, go to the concert. Because we'll tell you to go. Because that Menzingers concert was fun. But I wish I went to this one. Because the music was great. The music was absolutely great from the beginning to finish. I don't know what I was getting myself into. But I never put down a challenge in regards to music. And I didn't even have to try to like this. This was just... Check it out. Let yourself free. Out. Listen to it. And let this be the release of whatever you're feeling inside. If you're going through something similar to that. Yeah. Very dope. Very dope. And and all I gotta say is, hey, check out this fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are we like? A thousand hours in right now? Nah, Yo, we're, man. We're gonna in right now. Yo, dude. I, I'm just so glad that we were able to do this. Yeah. We we've like I've like we've already talked about we've done a few test shows and stuff like that. Definitely. We we've done a show for Mask NYC. That was Check kind of, that was kind of the inception of all of this more than anything. Check out MSK NYC No Spaces YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> it's just you know we got a lot to say. Yeah, and we figured this would be the best place to do it. And we're finally and doing it, man. We're finally doing it, yeah. and we're so thankful for you guys to be here. Cheers. Cheers. We're, th- we're so thankful that you guys are here to listen to us and really, bullshit really, around and just talk about random shit. And there'll be much more. We'll get better each and every other week. But the most important part is we're expressing ourselves and so should you. Ain't so no reason you. you shouldn't speak your mind. You got a voice. I'm sure you got a fucking phone that records well. Hey, I bet you can make a better podcast. Oh, yeah? Yo, yeah. Fuck this podcast. Yo, check out... Uh, <laughs> fuck our podcast. Mind Frankie. <laughs> Coming out next week. Better podcast than this. No, check out Earth Money Matter. Tell your friends, tell your grandma, tell your ex, tell your uh, baby daddy, anybody, bro, anybody. <laughs> tell your parole officer. Tell your parole officer. So, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, I don't know. Tell anybody you want. But what are we talking about? It? Oh, but the Galen trial is crazy, but that's something for next time. <laughs> next time. That's something for next time. But yeah, yeah we got a social Earth Mind Matter pod on Instagram. Exactly. Follow that. us. We'll be updating that very soon. Any we got a logo in the works. But hey, listen, we're just trying to make something special here. We think we could do this. Oh, yeah. We just need your help. Yeah. And if you don't listen, go fuck yourself because we're going to be doing it anyway. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. And like yeah. that, I hope you guys have a great time. Hope you get home safe. Hope you guys take care of yourselves. Look over your families. Eat that snack. You were thinking about eating that snack. Eat Eat that that fucking snack, Jerry. (laughs) Eat that fucking snack. I know you're thinking about it. I know it's late. Just eat the snack and then just know you can credit us because of it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. I'm Javi. Good night. This is Earth, Mind, and Matter. Or good morning. (laughs) Earth, Mind, and Matter. (laughs)